I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Anyone see the photo of Arnie riding one of the public Melbourne bikes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. without the helmet on. Yeah, without the helmet on. Elizabeth Street or fucking wherever it was. I thought you were allowed to ride those bikes without a helmet. No. I I think they're just happy for anyone to ride those bikes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When they got that desperate, they actually started shutting down lanes in the city and made them designated bike bike lanes. lanes. And the thing is, they're trying to, like, decongest the city. So what they do, just take away some lanes, put some fucking bikes in there, (laughs) that'll that'll speed everyone up. That'll work for the three cyclists yeah. that use it. Because everyone who drives in the city, it just does because it's convenient. Yeah, yeah exactly. They fucking need to yeah. or anything. And I mean, the best thing you want to do in Melbourne is ride a fucking bike because, I mean, you can, it could be sunny when you buy the bike. Yeah. But by the time you're around the block, you're pissing down yeah, rain. Yeah, it's beautiful weather. Always to it, ride in. Yeah, it's just a system that's never going to work in Melbourne but, because you never know what the weather's going to be. It'd be but, awesome in Brunswick, though. With Arnie, did they yeah. did they get to the bottom of it? Because like, I, I was sure that they either made it that you didn't have to wear a helmet for those things or they were talking about it. Just because nobody was riding them. No, you totally do. And they normally come with helmets now. Like, the ones right in the city, you can get the helmet in the nearest 7-Eleven. It's like a right. $10 deposit or some shit. Other ones, they just have them stuck on there. Like, the ones on um, um, near Amy Park. Yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah, yeah, yeah. helmets in, like, a little basket. Swan Street and shit. Yeah. I don't know, man. Street. I reckon there's one dude who's found a little niche business hanging out in the front of these bike stands going, no, no, you must buy the helmet. Hear <laughs> 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 that? Yeah, pretty, pretty work. <laughs> pretty gutsy cop to pull Arnie over and tell him to wear a helmet. <laughs> Although, as if you, <laughs> you'd really want to... <clears throat> want to make a John Connor reference if you did that. I was going to say, have you seen this boy? I'm going to say, uh, you, you bet if you pulled up in the wrong spot, you get a parking ticket from some kind. Yeah, it'd be cheaper. Um, so, yeah, he was in town for the Arnold Classic, and you got to say hello? Yeah, it was pretty good. I had, uh, had lunch and a dinner with him. Um, funny thing was, the lunch was a sponsor's lunch kind of thing, so it was a, you know, don't bother the bloke kind of event. Yeah. And uh, one uh, bloke, he, he came up and thought, no, fuck that. Rules don't apply to me. And ask Arnie to, to sign something <laughs> or other. Had he had a few? No, it was a dry event, which was the disappointing part. Like, the beverages list was water, <laughs> which uh, sucked ass. As per yeah. Mrs. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Mrs. Schwarzenegger somewhere else. He was there with his girlfriend. But, um... Mrs. Schwarzenegger for today? Well, she can do what she wants, I guess. No, she was actually quite nice. But, um, yeah, this bloke came up and just asked Arnie to sign something, and Arnie tore strips off him. Really? Like he was there, he had his hat on. He's like, I can't do the voice. He was like, Just give it what a go. are you doing? You have your hat on inside. You've got food in your teeth and on your shirt. You need to go home and think about what you're doing. Leave me now. And, and he fucking left. Because, of course he would. But his <laughs> voice is fairly intimidating. All German and Austrian accents are fairly intimidating on to start a, with. On a side note, that was a better impression than I anticipated. Yeah, yeah. That was too bad. I surprised myself, yeah. actually. That was pretty good. Yeah. 
But, um, yeah, seeing him, he wasn't full angry, but you could tell he was extremely irritated. And he was intimidating as fuck. Well, I, I imagine he gets a lot of people clamoring to get, you know, two seconds of his time. But for the bloke that wanted the photo or the autograph, he still got what he what he came for. I got a moment, yeah. He got a moment with Arnie. He's got a story to tell. Yeah, we're talking about it. Yeah, there you yeah. go. That's good enough. When we were walking in the restaurant, though, and it was um, one of the higher-end Italian places on South Bank in the Crown Complex kind of thing. Um, the one right under the under the Queensway Bridge, I think it is. Pizza Hut? Uh, yeah. Can't remember. And, uh, anyway. Anyway. Everyone's sort of, you know... Eating, drinking, talking, expensive wine, you know, it's the sort of place where you pay 19 bucks for a garlic bread. In he comes, and all you can see is the back of everyone's phone. Like, everyone, <laughs> even, you know, guys in suits, guys that are 70 years old, kids that are 12, have pulled out their phones, and they're just filming him walking through the fucking thing. He must never see people's faces. Yeah, just see the phones. back of phones. Well, at least they weren't turning their back to him to get a photo. Because <laughs> that shit I just don't understand. Maybe no, I'm getting old. That happens a lot. But anyway, it was good. Um, he, he, the photos uh, and the video of um, the bloke doing the 1,000 pound deadlift. Oh, yeah. was. And Arnie's there just to, you know, oh yeah, I'm in shot for this one. Aren't I? <laughs> Which seemed to be his job for the weekend was just to get in shot as much, many times as they could. But was, yeah, people got excited about it. The funny thing was um, when the F1 got him over. He's like, oh, yeah. he at the Arnold Classic on the Friday and the Saturday and then... Sunday, he sort of skipped out to go present the uh, champion trophy to Lewis Hamilton. And they tried to hook it up like he was just in town for that. Yeah. And he managed to sink in a plug as well. But, you know, when your name's on the door... The Arnold Classic. Yeah. You well, can... I, th- I think, like, realestate.com.au had a fair bit to do with him getting over here as well, I think. Uh, they threw a shit ton of money. They reckon it was about $10 million for his endorsement. And yeah. Jesus. Was- personal yeah I was going to say I, I think that might have been the reason for him coming out of Australia and then the Arnold Classic was his other idea to make more money while he was here that's my theory anyway oh, no, they, they <laughs> right. had, they, nothing they, to back that up <laughs> no they, the Arnold Classic they're trying to get one in every continent so next year it's going to be Singapore I think as well as Australia Madrid uh, Rio and Antarctica uh, Omaha, <laughs> <whatever it> <laughs> yeah I said about Antarctica and he said no we're not going it's your funny cunt <laughs> <laughs> It reminds me, we're at um, the trivia night for work, and there's about 100 odd people in the room, and it was all sports questions. And one of the questions, the answer was Rocky 2. And of course, everyone's had a few uh, skinfuls, and they're all doing their, Yo, Adrian! And there's about, I don't know, 50 people doing their Yo, Adrian impersonations, yelling it out. And it's going on for about a minute. And I'm at the back, and I just go, everyone's going, Yo, Adrian! Yo, Adrian! And I went, I'll be back! <laughs> and then some people talk, goes, that's the wrong guy. I'm like, yeah, I know it's the wrong guy. Ah, oh, don't bother, man. Don't bother. <laughs> anyway, um, I thought uh, tonight um, we'd uh, just share some st- stories about um, when we go to the sporting events and the stupid shit that you see in the stands and that kind of stuff, like um, the, the things you see when you go to dinner with Arnold Schwarzenegger and whatnot. Um, but when I was thinking about that, it reminded me of the time um, when I was living in Sydney, I was a Sydney Swans member just because I wanted tickets to the footy. I couldn't be asked on the NRL. Um, and it was 1999. So it was a good time to, to do that because um, Plugger was getting close to the 1300. So I remember that the first week was against West Coast um, and he was nine goals short. So they thought, you know, Plugger can kick 10 goals any week. Yeah. Just about. 
back in those days. Um, and so there was always a buzz that he could kick nine against West Coast. And so we were out in the members, and I remember after the first bounce, there's some guy about five rows back um, who started standing up and cheering for everything that West Coast did. And he's like, Drew Bamfield, there he goes. The only guy who's going to kick nine goals today. But he was just loud as anything and not swearing or anything like that, but he's kind of being funny. And because I'm not a Swans supporter and sitting amongst the Swans members and hearing this guy, I think he's hilarious. And everyone else is just kind of like, I wish I could get him in trouble, but he's not doing anything wrong. Yeah. So anyway, I think West Coast actually ended up winning and plugged it on the kicked, um, I think he hit four or five or something like that, but nowhere near the nine. Um, and then it's like five minutes to go in the game and he's like, great stuff, West Coast. Great stuff. I'm not a West Coast supporter. I'm just in it for my tips. <laughs> That's all I care about. Well, this stage, everyone else is sour. Um, but I've, just, I've applauded him. We go, yeah, good job. You've, you've made your day worth it. And especially if he knew all the players, and that's pre-super coach. Yeah. Like, exactly. There is no reason for him to know all those players, ins and outs, and what they're doing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he had a good day. Um, it reminds uh, me of when we went to Boa. And uh, uh, one of the uh, jiu-jitsu fighters came in, and one, one bloke is like, yay! Trying, just, just me? All right. <laughs> try, you're trying to start the clap, and no one else joined in. <laughs> Um, I kind of wanted to help him out, but by then it was... It was funnier that you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, so next week um, was uh, the Collingwood game where he actually did kick the, he kicked it in the first quarter. But it was funny because I think the crowd was listed as uh, 44,000 or something like that. Um, uh, but there were people literally sitting in the aisles. We couldn't move. Um, so I reckon there's quite a few that jumped the fence that day. Um, but I remember it because it was the city to surf was on the same day, which is a 20 kilometer run. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I thought I'd go on that, which is an awesome idea. My feet are killing me. But anyway, this is the biggest day in, um, the Sydney Swans at the SCG ever. Cause you know, he's going to break the world, the, the AFL record, the first person to ever kick 1300 goals. And I'm walking into the ground and I see an old bloke in a suit walking towards me. I'm like, he looks familiar. And then as I got close, I'm like, oh, fuck me, that's Ron Brassi. <laughs> and it was Ron Brassi in a suit. And at the SCG, on the day that Tony Lockett's going to kick his 1300th goal, I'm like, shit, that's Ron Brassi. What do I do? And I'm, just, I'm never going to go say anything to him or anything like that. Um, but then as I got closer, I noticed he was wearing a name tag that said <laughs> Ron Brassi. I'm like, that's bullshit. Yeah. If you are at the SCG today and yeah. you don't know who he is, yep. turn around and go home. He <laughs> yep. doesn't need a name badge. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But um, and then anyway, he kicked the thirteen hundredth in the first quarter, and everyone ran onto the ground and shit. And I couldn't yeah. ask us what's the point. <laughs> um, but then at the back of the aisles, they gave out these special cards where you can buy commemorative t-shirts. Yep. And they're like, you know, these are exclusive. There's only, yeah. you know, only if you were here, you can get one. Yeah. And then so you know, I grabbed one of them, thought this is important, and then I bought like six t-shirts. So <laughs> kind of didn't really pan out the way they thought. Yeah, I think they might have sold a few more than the people who were going through the doors. Just just through the doors, yeah. But speaking of that, that works. actually reminds me of we had a friend. It was an American chick, and she actually worked at Cricket Australia on the the front desk to administration. Right, and so they were like sort of the face of anyone coming to Cricket Australia. I think it was at the First MCG of all, as well. Did she share any photos of Warney? Not that I saw. Right. I, gar- that I, saw, I guarantee she's got some. Could anyway. be a few on a hard drive somewhere. <laughs> Move on. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, they knew didn't even know what cricket was really. Like, and the thing is, they'd have like uh, Fox Sports showing in the waiting room for the reception or whatever it was. Yeah. And it was on like the Major League Baseball. That's what they'd show because it was all Americans who worked in there. It was two <laughs> Americans, and that was it. Wow. And anyway, 
they they did fuck all pretty much just watch baseball and do a bit of typing but every now and then someone would come in I forget who was the president of um, Cricket Australia at the time it would have been a couple of years ago I think James Sutherland or yeah Sutherland I think it was actually anyway a bloke walks in and he's like hello is James here she's like oh no actually he's just gone out she's like trying to watch the baseball around him yep. she's like oh, can, I'll just take a, take a message for you if you want he's like yeah, yeah alright uh, just tell him I um, uh, came in and I'll come back later like, alright yeah and who should I say that's from um, Shane Warne <laughs> it was funny she had no fucking idea who he was in Cricket Australia in, in the building he's like <laughs> yeah he, at MCG at Cricket Australia how, how harsh you have to be he's probably gone who the fuck are you and how probably had to fired? walk past his statue to, to go to work every day <laughs> that could be funnier you're much fatter than your statue Shane <laughs> not anymore but um it always takes me back to um, when Michael Jordan. It was twenty years ago during the week, actually, know, right? where he announced his uh, comeback. Oh, yeah. Um, when uh, he was coming back, I think it was in Luke Longley's book. He was sitting on the bench talking to might have been even Steve Kerr or, or somebody. And they said, "So when Michael comes back, does he does he start? You know, he hasn't played for two years, but is he going to come off the bench?" Yeah. And I think it was uh, Kerr who said. I think it's a general rule that if your statue's out the front, yeah. you're not sitting on the bench. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he started. Yeah, he's right, yeah. I remember with that, though, with the uh, comeback, his agent... Uh, David Falk. F-A-M-E or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, he sat down and wrote this whole thing about how, you know, I'm delighted to come back. You know, I've really missed the sport. I've got a passion back. I'm ready to go. And had this whole paragraph, and Jordan's like, yeah, not, not quite right. And then he's like, all right, you know, I've got this... I've written this other one... Um, you know, it's about, I'm looking forward to the future. I think we can have more success. Uh, I'm really, really excited. Yeah, and uh, let, let me have a look at it. And he just wrote, I'm back. And mm. that's it. And perfect. You, you can guarantee there's journos all over America that have um, kept that fax, because it was sent by fax, <laughs> yeah. who, who have kept it and framed it. And oh, oh, it, they remember where they were that day that the I'm back fax came See, in. And- I remember where I was. I remember I was um, traveling from Broken Hill to Adelaide on a bus. For, I think it was a swimming trip or something. And... In uh, Borough, there was a little uh, petrol stop, and the newspaper was there, and it was like, Jordan announces I'm back, and it's front page. Yeah. In, and I, in the Borough Daily. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm reading the paper, and the girl behind is, are you going to buy that? I'm like, not fucking now, I'm not. But. <laughs> so no, I already read what I wanted. Well. I, I, I think you got the idea. I mean, yeah. there's been more written about that two-word fax than just about any other, I think. And I mean, there's been more stolen from a borough service station than a fucking paper too. <laughs> uh, they started it though. You ever, I always remember that, like when you go through those little piss ant towns, yeah. um, like Mad Magazine have a recommended re- recommended and maximum retail price of $2.50 or whatever. Yeah. And they'd have it out for five bucks. Yeah. Like okay, so it doesn't really apply for you. I guess not many inspectors come through from Mad yeah. Magazine to Yanta. You'd have like three busloads of basketballers rolling through there and it was like it was like the Romans retreating with a scorched earth policy it was like all of a sudden it was plenty, you know, plentiful and this basketball team would run through there and all of a sudden it was barren they would have made like five bucks pockets of full walking out they, they didn't make five bucks they took in five bucks took in five yeah. bucks yeah that was about it uh, so what else have we seen when you go into the footy and stuff like that I, I do think like one thing I've never seen a punch thrown or anything like that Oh, I have excessive swearing. Actually, one of the funniest slash saddest ones was um, at a Port Adelaide game. Jeez, about would have been just after they came in, I think. So, so we're talking late nineties or something. Yeah, um, I remember going there with a couple of Americans because just wanted to show my AFL and everything. And 
Uh, they're from New York, so they, you know, people they didn't know, they'd call sir and ma'am and whatnot. And uh, this bloke a few ahead of us, he was screaming at the umpires, calling him fucking cunts and this and that and the other. And he's got his own two-year-old right next to him. And he's, they had the, um, the metal uh, seats, like the, yeah, the, the bench, bench seats. Yeah, yeah the bench oh, seats. Yeah. And they didn't have individual seats at footy yeah, park yeah. in those days. And he's yeah. banging on them and they're clanging and everything. And he's really getting worked up. And every second word's a C-bomb and he's swearing his ass off. And his girlfriend, partner, wife, cousin, I don't know, starts having a go at him about it. Like, you're fucking swearing in front of our fucking daughter. <laughs> you know, pot kettle black sort of situation. And he cracked her. Oh, he, damn. He went in the crack. And, um, you know, naturally, not really uh, the sort of thing you do anywhere. <laughs> so security was called and then... Uh, they gave her a free kick. It was all square. All square, yeah. <laughs> no, they, he gave... Um, she gave the cops a free kick. Um, they both turned on the cops. So, oh, of course they did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> meanwhile, little two-year-olds just sitting there just like, oh, yeah, another Saturday. <laughs> Fucking mum and dad losing their shit again. have seen this before. I know they say that to... Mum doesn't know when to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I know they say that to stereotype about Port Adelaide supporters, but that actually happened uh, about three rows ahead of us. And so the Americans are there just like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> like, usually these people camp out in the car park and have a barbecue. No, you don't let him in the fucking ground. You can't help with people jumping the fence. <laughs> um, it does. Oh god, it's just gone. Um, yeah, you're talking about stereotypes at the footy. Um, I've only had uh, my car damaged twice, and both times it was at the MCG at a Collingwood game. Um, well, somebody broke the, one of the mirrors off, which I didn't see what the point with that was, but never mind. Um, and they and just that, like shiny things. Yeah, could have been. It was just nighttime too. <laughs> I just wanted to rack up a line or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, they weren't playing West Coast. Um, uh, That's just domestic violence stuff then. And the other time we got went with Dad and they nicked the, the, um, spare, tire. the spare tire off the back That's of right. the and Pajero. It's not like it was just, you know, oh, there's a spare tire, I'll grab it. It was, it was padlocked, on. On. It was padlocked on. So they've turned up with bolt cutters. Oh, I know. They probably made a, you know, made a day out of it. Well, they're only three wheels and a chassis away from a whole car. <laughs> <laughs> And they've got that sitting in the front up in, on blocks. Yeah, they <laughs> could very well have. Um, but uh, another thing I remember once, I was going to uh, at a Collingwood game. Um, it was Collingwood Geelong, I think. Um, and, and again, I had a couple of boys down from Sydney who hadn't been to the MCG before, so I thought we'd do the right thing and show them where sport lives. Um, we were going to grab a, a drink and whatever at their concession stand during halftime. And there's a poor little lad in front of me. He's gone through to buy his three Freddo frogs. And I think they are two bucks 20 each. Oh, that's a bit, bit fucking rich. Yeah. Yeah. The poor lad's only got six bucks. So he's 60 cents short. And I've, you know, looked at him and he's gone, oh, I'm just going to, oh, I have to put something back. And you know, he's got two mates sitting back there. Yeah. You know, just waiting for their Freddo frogs. So I said to the cashier, like, don't worry about it. I've, I've got this covered. But I thought, how lucky is this kid? They're at a Geelong versus Collingwood game. He's wearing a Hawthorne Guernsey <laughs> in front of the only other Hawthorne supporter in the ground. I thought, well, I've got to cover this one, don't I? I ought to do me good deed. I even said to him, good luck to the Hawks, mate. I might have been wearing a Hawks jacket, actually. So, actually, yeah, it's just good luck. It's funny you talk about the G, because anyone who has been to Australia ever should see the MCG AFL match at some stage in their life. Like, even if you're not a football fan, it's you're not really a sports fan, a hundred thousand crowd at the MCG is something everyone needs to feel, and it's it's Look, a I, visceral I, thing. I don't give a shit about art, but if I'm going to Paris, I'm going to the Louvre. Exactly, yeah. and it, I don't think there's um, 
many sports like in the world that can have that capacity. I mean, there's uh, high league soccer. They have the 100,000 crowds yeah. and high league NFL. I don't think anything else has... Um, not even sure if there's that many NFL that have 100,000. I'm not sure. There might be some college... Might be some college grounds, but... Yeah, yeah I think there's, there's some college ones, but that's about it. Yeah. But they have some really weird-shaped stadiums as well. Where yeah, they don't well, really make the most of capacity, they don't know. Yeah. The but... thing is, I remember taking um, like my mate Austin. He's been to plenty of AFL games, but never at the G. Yeah. And so when he came down, you know, it's a, a Friday night. We're walking from the city over the bridge to the MCG, and the lights are on. With everyone else. Just, just that anticipation. Yeah. Like, yeah. you start out from the hotel, and then... You know, cross the road, cross the road, and then there's more people getting. Yeah. And then you form a bigger group, and then there's big lines, and then there's people shouting footy record, and it just built up and up and and like, until you yep. see the lights, and then you'd get there and it's like, wow, this is fucking. And cool. I like when you walk around the outside and you'll just catch a little slither in between the stands that'll yeah. show like the ground, and like yeah. you'll see the real Coliseum style interior of it, where it's yeah. just, all right, this is just gladiators on a field, and everyone's just watching a whole hundred thousand of them. And it's just like, whoa. And that build up as more and more people enter yeah. and the, the hubbub increases. Yeah. And then that siren goes with the first bounce. And yeah. 100,000 people just yelling, yes, they're excited, they're pumped up. And there's just nothing like it that I've ever experienced. Um, it's also good because I'm always a fan. Like, I've got to see the first bounce. Yeah, know? absolutely. So always get there early. And you look around and you go, oh, yeah, it's not that full yet. And then you you know look down or, or whatever. You look up, there's... T- and the teams are running out and you look up again and all of a sudden it's full. Yeah. Especially round one, you know, that kind of stuff. You can always tell by when you look at the back of the stands and you see all the heads going past, little beams of light coming in from the gates. Yep. And it's the the constant of the heads going past at what speed and you can tell how many people are just waiting for for to get closer. Because especially... A lot of people will stay in the bars like down the back for a while before the game starts. Yeah, there's no point sitting in the um, and, and that's the thing, especially when you live in Melbourne and you can go there every week. It's not so much of an event as I'm getting there straight away and straight to my seat. I'm going to watch everything. Yeah, watch little kids kick the kick the kick, dust off the, the dew off. Yeah, um, but it, it is just something special, especially a night game where you can see it off in the distance. Yeah, but yeah. I, I know, yeah, you know, we've all taken um, like uh, pommies to the game and stuff like that, and I can't understand how the <laughs> two opposition supporters can walk to the ground side by yeah. side and sit yeah. side by side and, and not like, stab each other yeah. dude it's just what we do you know it's, it, this is quite normal you know and they just couldn't get their minds around it they're used to being segregated but I, I would hate if that ever changed no it's, it can't happen like they'll they'll play to empty stands before that happens yeah we don't have a big population I think <laughs> yeah but you you hear about it every year now like there's um, uh, somebody that gets kicked out and they get dobbed in by their own supporters standing around them, like, "No, nah, yeah. this one right here, fuck him off." Yeah. So it, it's it's crowd control. The crowd is controlling itself, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and it it must be funny for people that go to um, European league soccer and everything. They're like, "Oh, yeah, no, this this bloke in the crowd's in trouble. Oh, what yeah. did you stab someone? <laughs> no, nah, some racist yeah. comment. <laughs> racist <Whoa>. comment." <laughs> That's all? They're throwing bananas <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> Remember that dude who picked it up and ate it while he took the corner? That's right, yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck, who was that? I, I wouldn't have a clue. Even <sighs> you said his name, I wouldn't know. Yeah. I remember uh, seeing it, though. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the worst thing I've ever heard in the crowd was at a Richmond game. can't remember who they were playing, but there was a... They were back in the club. <laughs> no, you, you were there. <laughs> yeah. Um, remember the family that was behind us and it was the first time I've ever felt like moving seats and they were just 
You remember that one? Yep. And uh, you're making it sound like this kid's four. He was at least 22. Mum, mum, where's the fucking snacks, mum? Mum. But I remember mum, she was, she was the one that was into it the most. Yeah. She's like, guys, all right, all right, I'm going to make a big prediction here. I'm going to make a big prediction. You ready? Dustin Martin's going to be our best player soon. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Fucking way to step up a ledge, Jeez, I'm like, oof, you're going out on a limb there. Yeah. In I mean, fairness, if she was out on a limb, the fucking thing would have snapped. She was a hefty woman. Looked like uh, she was no stranger to the KFC drive-thru, even if she was on foot. Again, stereotypes are a horrible thing. But um, when somebody lives up to the, the stereotype, it just it, it just sits really well. And I mean, I mean, where they smoke, there's fire. So stereotypes yeah. generally... There's a reason stereotypes yeah. exist. Tell you what, I hope she doesn't smoke. Her greasy hair would have set on fire. But uh, yeah, that, again, I don't really remember them swearing that much. But God damn, their voice was grating. That's that's the worst I've seen. The thing is, they generally only swear at, at their own players. Like, it was the other team, they're like, ah, oh, oh, those yeah. bastards or whatever. But they really reserved the real spiteful shit for their own players when they fuck up. Yeah, I guess, yeah. and uh, I think they did that day. Yep, I, I'm probably. trying to remember who they, who they were playing, but yeah. I remember looking and going, we could move. I've never left my seat early, Yeah, but well, I, that, I could go watch this game on TV, I think. They usually call the third quarter the premiership quarter, but in Richmond it's the roast quarter. Yeah. Because yeah. if they're down, they just turn on their own fucking team and give them hell. <laughs> yeah, why not? You paid your money. You're allowed to boo or do whatever you like. We well, assume they paid the money. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could happen. Um, it was uh, going way back to um, my time in Sydney. Um, it was a very funny crowd then because yeah. it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't say they weren't knowledgeable, but um, there was a few times where you'd have to explain the rules to the people, to, yep. to the members around you. But it did have that hipster vibe. It's like, yeah. you know, we don't go for that uh, that thugs game, the, that NRL game. We're too good for that. Yeah. But um, it, it did seem like a lot of them were there because they didn't. They wanted to be known that they were going to an AFL game instead yeah. of a... It was funny old vibe. They, they couldn't fuck the rugby chicks, so... <laughs> sort of, hell, that we'll no, make our own little niche market. Actually, there was quite a few chicks in, in the crowd, but, um, yeah, it was, it's a weird vibe. It, it's very different. Yeah, that's sort of the one where they're like... Go 22, 22, you're doing really well, 22. Yeah, yeah there's a few of those. Um, I don't know what your name is, but you're shit. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah funny old time. I remember um, uh, my uncle, um, who did the same thing, but was a Bulldog supporter, but got Swans membership just to um, get the tickets to go to all the games. But he was going with one of his mates. I think he was a goal umpire or a boundary umpire or something as well. Yeah. So he's going to one of his mates. Um, they both got memberships next to each other, and you know, go to the Swans every every home game. Yeah. Anyway, the Swans are playing the Bulldogs in round fifteen or whatever. Right. And his mate never knew that he was a Bulldog supporter <laughs> because really? you know, with your membership pack, you get a scarf or a yeah. hat. Or whatever. Oh, yeah. So he wears it to every game. You know, yeah. so the members go Swans. Yeah, there's only one Platoni yeah. locker. <laughs> Anyway, so the game comes up against the Bulldogs and he's just wearing a jacket. He's not wearing his hat. <laughs> and uh, the Bulldogs are getting up and uh, his mate turns, you know, it's the fourth quarter and the game's, you know, sealed. And uh, his mate turns to him and goes, oh, it just wasn't our night. The guy goes, hey, hey, was I? Opens his jacket up. He's got his Bulldog shirt on. He said his jaw dropped. He couldn't believe it. It's, it's like betrayal. It's like, it's like seeing his wife cheat on him. This is like a Shakespearean tragedy or something. Yeah, it's like he found out his wife just cheated on him. Co- which co- which I think he actually did find out about it three months earlier. Oh, so, yeah, something to compare it to. 
That's it's, a, it's like soften the blow for him, really. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember what year it was, but it, it was the year that um, Montgomery took an ab, took mark of the year on, out, on, on the wing. So you know, if you look that up, you can find out what year it was. But I couldn't be asked. Brings that's kind of a funny situation though, because uh, everyone understands it's never okay to change teams. No, you can't. But if you're living in a, a different city, especially like a Sydney and Adelaide or whatever, you don't yeah. go for the local team. It's okay to have a second team that is a local team if that's just, all the footy you can Just to get tickets. Well, like I said, I was a Swans member, but I was a Hawthorne member at the same time. And I got nothing, like no games out of the Hawthorne membership. Um, it was just, you know, just a member just to justify to myself, I think, that I could buy a Swans membership. Because I couldn't have a Swans <laughs> one and not have a yeah. Hawthorne one. <laughs> but imagine, imagine now, right? Because there's at least two teams in every major city. Or, you know, the major AFL cities. Yeah. It'd be kind of funny if... Um, one of those teams started chasing those sort of supporters. Okay, so you're not one of our supporters, but you want to watch AFL come to the game? Yeah, membership. It's, it'll be difficult. I know there's a lot of those kind of memberships in Melbourne. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Like, well, yeah, but Melbourne's got you know, more teams. No, I mean, um, like, the Adelaide Crows have a Melbourne membership. Yeah. Where you can get um, access to any games that Mel- uh, Adelaide play in uh, MCG or Etihad. You know, and I, I probably, uh, I imagine all the um, interstate teams have those kind of mem- memberships. Yeah. Because, you know, people in Melbourne are sick for sport. They'll go to anything. And the key is you just have to hold the banner, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but... It, you say going back to the, the MCG, how different and experienced it is. I don't think I've ever been to a game there where I didn't find somebody in a Hawthorne Guernsey. And a Richmond Guernsey. There's yeah. always a Richmond supporter. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I used to play that game when you go to um, try and spot the Hawthorne supporter um, because, you know, it's obviously my team. But it didn't matter who was playing. It would take you five minutes to go, oh, yep, there's one. Got him. I'm done for the day. Yeah, he's the one at the TAB. But, uh, oh, well, you know, besides myself, I guess, because so I'm, I'm, I'm the same thing. I'm going to games that my team's not playing. I'm not wearing my games going, yeah, fucking Hawthorne. <laughs> <laughs> <Might>, hey? <laughs> you might try it. <laughs> not a Collingwood one, though. I'm just trying to wear completely different sports. <laughs> just a real fucking standout. <laughs> yeah, I reckon I see a lot of Lakers in Miami Heat. Yeah, um, what, yeah, depending which which teams go to. I guess, which you know, go, to. go sport. Yeah, yeah. It's just the way they do it. Be funny if you wore something super obscure, like you know the uh, Southern Uzbekistani, I don't know, goat polo or something. 
No, but you, improv is going well. <laughs> <laughs> something, something so obscure you couldn't even make exactly. it up. Exactly. <laughs> I, I had a few to throw in there, but like, nah, no, leave him hanging. I want to see him drown. <laughs> I want to see Let's where this goes. <laughs> I thought the Southern Uzbekistani goat pole was pretty good on the yeah, fly. It, it, it would have uh, been for the first crack at it. But. I don't know if you could say that was on the fly. Yeah, there was definitely it was more skipping stones. Yeah, <laughs> but you got there. Speech impediment or something. Yeah, you go back to the fall back on your Arnie impersonation just in case. Um. Yeah, so what else can you think about that's ever happened at the footy? Um, I've, I think um, I've seen um, plenty of people in the crowd get booed if they try and take the uh, the little footies off the kids in oh, their, yeah. their game. You are an yeah. absolute prick of a man. <laughs> I, I've, I think I was at the um, NBL once, and they throw out the little mini basketballs. So that yeah. was you there, was it? Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've taken an absolute blinder and grabbed one. I'm like, fucking beautiful. And there's a little kid about... Two seats down from me, just looking up, just like, oh, and I'm like, fuck, well, here you go. What can you do? I mean, <laughs> you, you don't have, have a choice. Be, you have to be a hard hearted so, motherfucker. So not to. Took the kid home with me. <laughs> <laughs> fucking wanted that footy. What does he want from me? It's um, one Anzac day. <laughs> and we're at the, at the pub that was playing two up, and um, it was massive the amount of people we were out the back, and you know, they, um, they'd organised at this pub. That, Grey Stains Inn or something in Grey Stains in Western Sydney. Grey uh, Stains? Yeah. Something like that. Shirt and collar to get in. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to remember because I think it was this pub was actually listed as a meeting room in our um, outlook <laughs> at work. Um, and uh, my mate Billy, who loves a loves a bet, loves a gamble. Um, yeah, we're all playing two up out the back. And this, uh, if he was 10 years old, I'd be surprised. This kid goes, you know, 10 heads, 10 heads. And Billy looks at him and goes, Oh, <laughs> I can't do it. I just can't do it. Oh, look at it. You can see his moral compass is just going <laughs> spinning and spinning and spinning. And he decided he couldn't do it. So anyway, some other bloke who had a few cans decided, yeah, all right, I'll take the kid on. And, you know, the kid was on heads and it came up tails. And I'm like, I'm going to boo you so hard. Because, <laughs> like, you got to take the money off him. He's got to learn yeah. a lesson. But he was getting absolutely yeah. booed. I thought, champ, this is a no-win situation yeah. for you. You've got to learn a lesson, too, for making bets with fucking little kids. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure his dad was there somewhere, but I didn't see him. <laughs> yeah. Dad's the pokies. <laughs> Could have very well have been. His dad gave him blowjobs in the car park. He must have his money playing two up. <laughs> He'd already done five, and he just blown that in one bet. So I'm assuming that was the price. He was getting fucked either way. Well, yeah, that's, that can happen. But the other thing I find funny in the footy, especially these days, is that everyone hates the dude who yells out shit. Yeah. You know, just yells out, kick it to so-and-so. But I found like these days, like everyone's conscious of that. And so the people that yell out will try and be sort of a little bit more intellectual in what they'll say, as if it's going to make a difference. Yeah. So that the player's going to listen to it. And they'll try and you know, make a proper terminology or you're not going with the flow of the play. What you need to do is back behind, push forward and look out for your teammates. See, I think what you've got to do is check to see if they've got headphones in. Yeah. They're listening to SEN or something and they're just spouting it out. That's their highlight for the week. They're sitting there, right, right, right. Oh, this is a good one. Good one. Good yeah. one. Yep. Write that down. I'll, I'll ring back at, after five o'clock. This is Stephen from Marvin Ho. Gives good me, Stephen. Yeah, long time listener, first time caller, mate. Yeah, yeah. Was that the game on weekend? Fucking bombers, tell you what. <laughs> Need to run around the back, look around the teammates, and push forward with the flow. It's like uh, that's great, mate. But you were at the cricket today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next, we've got Marge from Eltham. <laughs> Have you ever listened to Finey's final siren uh, when you're going home, trying to get out of the MCG car park? I swear, I don't know why he 
answers those calls sometimes. I'm usually busy laughing at the driving coming out of the car park from the CG. Yeah. I'm usually just sitting there and waiting for somebody to let me in. <laughs> got the wrong stickers on. Um, God, yeah, there's some people that just, you wonder why they've got so much time. You wonder it, how they can afford fucking phones. Actually, it's funny when you're trying to get out of the G, just because it's almost like you need that James Bond uh, rotating yeah. license plate, except instead of the license plate, you rotate uh, uh, the team, team flag. Yep. So you see yeah. a bloke up ahead with a, a Saint sticker on, so press a button, you get the Saints colours and little... Oh, mate, I'll let you in. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, you, and then you, further up ahead, you see a, a bloke from Collingwood, and you're just like, yeah, nah, fuck it, I'll wait. I don't have that button on my car. And you see like one... Like, Usually it's like old Ford Laser full of all the lads and they're trying to figure out if the cops are on Hoddle Street or if they're on Swan Street <laughs> doing that in the car park. Oh, shit, they've covered everywhere. We're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> I'm going to say, I've never seen the cops stop anybody coming out of the MCG, though. They're just like, mate, let's just get them out of here. <laughs> yeah, they can fuck off. Fuck out of here. I'm not dealing with we're this shit. We're blocked off. The, we've got a whole road you can stagger off down to Swan Street, go around the corner, have a beer or something. I'm trying to think. I don't think I've ever... Go to the Cricket Arms, see some saggy old titties. <laughs> oh. <laughs> There's a place you stay away from. I remember, yeah, I remember yeah. I th- I went the cricket and I was throwing a jug around for some chick to get a kid off. And honestly, everyone was giving the money saying, just keep them on. Keep it on. Yeah. <laughs> so the, second, the, the lunch break's almost over. We're getting the fuck out of here as soon as <laughs> this thing starts. No, I went there once after the footy just to grab a beer kind of thing with a couple of mates. And yeah, we left. It, it's it's not pretty. It's terrible. Yeah. The, but I'll tell you what, the uh, real estate there would be worth a mint. Oh, it'd be worth plenty. They're probably giving Risties at the back <laughs> making all the money. I mean, so they'll run a breastfeeding clinic with saggy old titties who have been through about 10 kids each. <coughs> Breastfed them till they're five. Well, that'll do it. You've got to put them to work. Yeah, I mean, I think they're just uh, glasses. <laughs> they can get them there. Um, I was just thinking, I don't think I've ever been to a game where there's been a pitch invasion invasion or, or a streak or anything like that really I've been to a few games like even cricket and I can't remember anybody running onto the pitch I've seen a couple I've yeah. seen a couple of um, security guys fumble the fucking thing they take off after the uh, pitch invader or whatever and just fall on their ass and then you mm. see some that just you know they've been waiting for this to happen yeah. and they just fucking yeah. floor them I'd, <laughs> I'd love to talk to somebody that's jumped onto the field and, and ask why uh, I was going to say I've got at least three of my mates have done it so, yeah, really? yeah one got away too it was when they were doing the reconstruction of the Adelaide Oval right so doing the whatever the chapel stand or whatever the fuck it was I think it was during one of the 2020 matches when we doing the big bash anyway they had a gut full and one of them just happened to be really athletic and he managed to yeah get away through the construction area I'd love to ask like chuck his kid on and got back in the, in the ground the five minutes before what was going through his head he thought I can do this Vodka shots, nothing to do with streaking at all it was just they were hammered and someone's going oh hey someone should streak and there's always someone fuck an oath I'm up for yeah, that I'm up that's my my day has come here because, it is because you look at the downside the downside is seven grand um, lifetime ban lifetime ban plus you know you're probably not going to go out on the piss that night yeah the upside is what you got a story to tell yeah the it's upside a, a is just that, that that little bit of notoriety you're really going to have that story out at every occasion. It's like, oh, you know, it's my son's 18th birthday, but later at the time, my nards were on television for the 2020 match. To be honest, if it was one of my mates, I would probably, you know, in in my sort of, in my eyes, they'd be up that little bit of step. They'd be a little bit higher in my regard. So do you think of them a little bit higher, the, the ones that did yeah, jump across? Yeah, yeah, because of that, yeah. Like I know, that's a good effort. <laughs> so you said one got away. What have the other two? 
No, one got flattened. Yeah. He got <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> he, he got a fine, got the whole lot. He, he wasn't as athletic. He, he got the fine. He got the fine. He got everything. <sighs> got the, the court band. date. Yep, got a the court band. date? Yeah, he got to go to the court. How do they... I want to know, how do they ban it? Like, do they just have their photos up at everywhere? Or? Oh, yeah, it's completely, you can't police it. Yeah. Like, they, they can go back in wherever the fuck they want. There's nothing yeah. to do about it. Yeah. So they've been back in there. There's, you know, what are they going to do? Just don't do it again, more or less. Who, who was that serial pest uh, from Adelaide? Peter, someone, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, started yeah, with H. Right. Ho- yeah, Holdsworth or something. Yeah, really yeah. irritating fat bastard white hair. Peter Hellier, that's it. What? Um, <laughs> no. No, there was the hippie guy that invaded the... He, he, soccer uh, and soccer tennis, tennis and Melbourne Cup and everything. I think he even invaded um, what's his name Tommy Smith's funeral the horse trainer yeah that's pretty fucked up yeah funerals just stay yeah, away leave, leave that to the West Baptist yeah. Church yeah anyway, yeah Peter something Peter Hitchner yeah he kept getting banned but kept turning up to places actually I think I saw Peter Hitchner follow us on Twitter yeah that was, I don't know if, I don't know if like that's our yeah no he's really us and 40,000 others that he he's still yeah I thought I thought we wouldn't really be his sense of humour but then I was thinking maybe he's a bad motherfucker when he's <laughs> off camera or maybe he gets maybe home straight up G fucking knows takes that tie off does a big fat line of Charlie settles down on the couch in his underwear with a bottle of bourbon or something watches House of Cards do you reckon Ron, Burgen- Ron Burgundy was sort of modelled after him or he just you know cooks dinner and has a glass of wine. You know. No, no, let, let's let's keep going with this I'm idea. with that big wife fronts, you know, big that deep he, set couch. He gets home, you know, pats his um, Irish Tiger. Mastiff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't even know if there is a such thing as an Irish Mastiff. But I don't know. But a Mastiff wolf. just sounds like some he'd have. Yeah, and, you know, he's got four of them that guard the house and, you know, <laughs> he scrapes the worst of the invasion invaders off the porch and... So just a, a quick break to uh, announce an endorsement. Google, um, I'm endorsing that because I put in serial pest yep. and it comes straight up with Peter Hoare. Peter Hoare. So That's a motherfucker. It knew his name straight away. So anyway. Well, there you go. Um, let's see. I'm checking his Wikipedia page to see what he's um, invaded on because I know he's done the Grand Prix. Peter Michael Howard. Uh, I remember seeing on um, one of the recent episodes of 30 for 30. It was actually a pretty shit episode but had this one part about streaking. Yeah, and there was that one English lad who used to be get sponsored by a Golden oh, Palace and yeah, shit. Yeah, and yeah, he was streaking everywhere. And then I, th- I remember some like Nike or somebody did an ad where all the players were naked, and he ran onto the field for the clothes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember the guy because he was saying like he was pretty old when he first did it, and he was just hammered at a pub. And someone did a streak, and they're all talking about it. like yeah. I just said, like they held him in a bit of high regard, and he was like, "Oh, anyone can do that." And he's going to like FA Cup final or something like that right. the next day, and he said. That he woke we got, woke up to a knock on the door at like six a.m., seven a.m., whatever it was, and they were there going, "Mate, you've told everyone you're going to streak today." And he's like, "Oh fuck, what have I done?" And so he's like, "Well, I've got to do it." And apparently, just the adrenaline was that was it. That was his drug. So he's like streaking everything. Right. They were showing when he when he streaked the tennis. And he, yeah, he'd, he'd done like the Super Bowl. <laughs> he walked out and did a dance with just now about to do the kickoff. I do like how he's made a big call, but he's like, "No, nah, I'm going to follow this through." Yeah, that's it. Every bloke has done that drunken big call and gone yeah no I'm not totally yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, I, I, you sound like you were recalling a, a big call that you've made or something no I just think of a lot of funny ones so if I could recall them then uh, nothing that I did but oh, yeah. right. little uh, Benny DeVales ordering a steak on New Year's Day we come back uh, from a New Year celebration and uh, little Benny would be what 55 kilos soaking wet kind of thing we turn up to a 24 hour restaurant and Benny orders a steak and it, it's a big fucking steak and we're kind of like you sure you're going to eat it? And he's like I want a steak two of them and like what? really? 
<laughs> yeah. Well, and he did. He ordered in, two steaks. In for a penny. And, uh, yeah, he got nowhere near finishing him, but uh, he, he decided that's what he wanted to do, and that's what he what he ordered and what he had a crack at. I think he fell asleep in the second one, but he had a go. That was the other thing I want to talk about with the Carmichael Hunt deal. Yes, Carmichael Hunt. You got... Now, so, I've been doing the math, so there's something about this story that didn't quite add up. All right. I'm, I'm pretty sure Carmichael Hunt got fucking stiffed in this deal. Right. I'm pretty certain of it. I was reading the news. So? They were saying that he's been accused of... of Possession. Possessing, or possessing or intending to possess, or whatever the fuck it was, of right. 12.5 grams of cocaine. Okay. And I said it was on four separate occasions. So what, you got... Is that cumulative? Well, that's what I'm not sure. But right. either way, you can work... It doesn't matter which way you cut it up. He's being gypped. Because there's no way you order 12.5 grams of anything. If you're ordering that much coke, you're probably getting in like derivatives a, of an ounce. Right. So, from what I can gather is that the closest he would have got would have been half an ounce, which I think is about 14.2 grams. Right. And, and the police... What fucking website are you getting this information from? I'm getting it from Johnny down in Springvale. <laughs> Out the front of um, Fern uh, between 12 and 9 a.m. <laughs> All right, I've got a, a units. You got the units converter? Converter here somewhere. So I think I think a half ounce is about 14.2 grams. So y- you can assume there's no one going, man, got a, got a month off. I'm going to need 12.5 grams of Charlie. Well, maybe you've got 14 like, and only used a gram and a half for your No, but he didn't get caught with it. They just said that's what alleged that you, you, were, you ended up with. Not that that's what you bought. So... I'm assuming he took it all. We wouldn't, you know. Well, maybe the flush them down the toilet for no reason. Maybe the courier had a five percent tax. Well, that's what I'm saying. Somewhere along the line, he's been getting gypped. What was it? Twelve point five. Twelve point five. So if it's fourteen grams at the <coughs> stand or whatever. Yeah. Twelve point five. Twelve point five is um, a point four of a grain of an ounce. Yeah. What's yes. half an ounce? What's half an ounce? Half an ounce. Yeah. Um, I can't figure this stupid thing out. All right. Ah, there we go. Rams, 0.5. Delete, delete, Fucking delete, exciting delete. podcast so far. <laughs> 0.5 is... Oh, sorry. I'll get there. I'm going to say 14.26. Uh, Don't do drugs, kids. Keep... Unless it's cocaine. In which case, don't get ripped off. Know, know your conversions. What? They said maths will never pay off. Yeah, okay. This isn't working. Why does the drug world use the imperial system anyway? It seems weird. Because it's more accurate. Because it all comes from America. <laughs> it's all coming from Mexico and whatever. It's not like you're buying Charlie from... All right. Real estate 14.17 grams. Like you said, that's half an ounce. So that's half an ounce. So, he's, so, he's, so they're saying he's... He's bought, up with 12.5. 12.5. So he's getting ripped off somewhere on the line. So I bet you he's paying for half an ounce. And he's only getting 12.5. So there's some leakage along the line. So the bit of a light thing nah, is nah, when... I know what's going on. Well, I mean, if Carmichael Hunt's getting ripped off, what fucking hope is there for the rest of us, <laughs> to be honest? For the rest you know? of us that are buying 12.5 grams we, of We cocaine. don't want something extra. We just want what we're paying for. That's, that's, it. that's it. They should get the police involved. That's, that's what I reckon. I reckon the police were involved. That's why it's all gone fucking pear-shaped. So either he's been found, uh, they caught him with 14.1 grams, yeah. and they've skimmed a little bit off the top. And they've no. gone, hey, or, Rob, Robbo's got a no, party this weekend. You're both fucking idiots. It's a 10% GST. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So is now does Charlie count as a goods or a service? Uh, because it's a it's a good, but um, see the dealer will be able to get a tax back later um, because he have to pay uh, GST on the wholesale price initially, 
but then you get it back on the difference in what he retailed it for. Well, I guess you get some of his tax back when he's serving time. Well, yeah, and, you know, you've got to put that money away, and well, he does. Yeah, I think he qualifies for the Medicare free levy as well. So. <laughs> Even if you're self-medicating, yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's doing, you know, you're doing your part. Yeah, there is another option that maybe he was given the whole um, half an ounce and he just you know got a few lines in before he got picked up. Well, that's true. And the other thing I was thinking of, I wonder, now I'm not smart enough to, or couldn't be fucked finding the shit out, but I wonder if there is some um, difference legal legally between having over 14 grams or under 14 grams, right. if there's a threshold between what your penalty will be. Or whether it's so, uh, possession or distribution yeah, or, or whatever. Or intention to distribute, intention to traffic. <coughs> so I wonder if that's the threshold where they say, well, I mean, we want to nail into the wall, but we don't want to look out like we're huge cunts. So we'll allege it's 12.5. Or maybe it's like, you know, when you get caught speeding, you've done 65. Yeah. And they say, you know, detected speed 70, but we'll charge you with 65 yeah. or, or whatever it is. Except they can't snort five kilometers an hour. Give it a go. Tops, he, yeah. he, he's a highly trained athlete. He probably could. <laughs> he could probably do 65 miles an hour after he's finished snorting it. Uh, the old Benny Cousins getaway. <laughs> go jump in a river. Yeah. I think you get caught in the no-go zone between the fucking army barracks or some shit. Actually, you know how... He was... <laughs> <laughs> I remember those ads. <laughs> like, I'm on a fucking mission here. <laughs> We've got two Charlies over the hill. <laughs> How much did those Charlies weigh? Yeah. That was the problem. You would need to eliminate them. He's like, I've fucking been destroying Charlies since I was a fucking teenager. <laughs> Annihilating Charlies. There's some stories, well, from when I was working in the casino about um, people finding Michael Kaninsky's coke all over the place. Who's Michael Kaninsky? I think it's Michael. Not Michael oh, Kaninsky. Kaninsky, yeah. Um, uh, Mushroom Records or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I'll save that for our gambling stories. Yeah. That'll fit into that little... Yeah, we decided we're going to do a podcast on gambling stories. And we're going to get um, one of my other friends who loves a punt in on that one. Plus, poker player. And yeah. So, yeah. a few fair bit of time with the felt. Back to the drug thing. You know how meth heads always have terrible teeth? Yeah. Do you reckon dentists are just getting that shit out everywhere? Trying to get young hipsters hooked on it and go, see, oh, I'm going to make a fucking mint here. I think they do get terrible teeth. But the fact that you see them with terrible teeth probably means that they're not then, you know, making the... The smart decision to go see an orthodontist. So that could be that could be Breaking Bad Part Three. <laughs> orthodontist. They're like, no, I'll do it after this. I'm just going to dig a garden and a moat and then build a bridge over it and then put some dragons in the forest and then like I'll come back and then I'll get my fucking teeth sorted out. <laughs> There's some dentist out there going, that's a good fucking idea. I'm like, you're fucking on something here, cunt. I th- there is. I think the dentist, the one on the meth in the first place. <laughs> well, he makes the money on the meth and makes the money on the fucking dental work. He's not really a dentist. He's just out the front and he's fucking old, reduced couch. Like, I'm a fucking dentist. Can't do with the fucking teeth clean. If we hear that Ben Cousins gets clean and then starts a dentistry. <laughs> oh, Benny, do it. Do it, mate. Get on there. <laughs> Uh, I've okay. seen some of the people that did dentistry. I reckon he'd be he'd fit right in. <laughs> Can you imagine him around that amount of drugs, though? See yes. this? See yeah. 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 Fucking I've... tell you what, Brownlow Metal performance. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure we have seen Benny around yeah. that amount of drugs. I think he made a documentary showing people yep. of him around yep. that amount of drugs. Jeez, can you imagine turning up? You know, Doctor B Cousins, DDS or whatever they fucking put up for their name. You turn up and there he is with the. Uh, <coughs> laughing gas on himself and he's like I'll be right in a minute can't <laughs> so you can't tell if he's taking notes or writing prescriptions <laughs> so yeah actually his handwriting fit in there yeah. 
That would be kind of fun. Yeah, here's some painkillers for you. And while you're there, can you get uh, this stuff for me? Yeah. Uh, this, uh, <laughs> Put it in oh, order. Yeah, just, just write out whatever you want and just add whatever you need. It's all good. Uh, just say it's for me. They'll know. You know my signature. BC10 or whatever. Nine. Yeah, nine at West Coast, 32 at Richmond. I don't know why I remember that. I think oh, we can talk about the mystery AFL theatre two, 2.014K uh, episodes we did because yep. we got through nine teams and we got nine to go but the season starts in about two weeks yeah so I think we will park that idea we might just do some reviews yeah. um yeah, team reviews for the remaining nine teams because it's just fucking two hours yep I don't know if I was just really drunk but I started writing notes I was watching footy yep and random one says is this the year that Ballantyne gets a tan if not can we confirm that he's a vampire well, you were he, fucking drunk. He, well, he's been out in the west and you know sunny Perth for however long, man. He's the whitest motherfucker on the he planet. Does look like a young? Is it Eddie Munster? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's probably what you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah. I don't get. It. I don't know. How he can like. Well, Carl Langdon was out there for a fucking century. Yeah, but he he's got a a condition. What being a ranger? Yeah, yeah. He, he qualifies. That's when you get too much sun that goes from red to that blonde. That's what they call a <laughs> strawberry blonde. Uh, I, I think he, he might have died it back in the day, you know, back in the surfing yeah. um, West Coast days. But and that's not a tan; that's just one freckle that's joined up with the rest <laughs> of them. And the made a tan. Yeah. Um, so you reckon Valentine could be a vampire? Oh, I tell you, what, I've got no evidence against. Well, it. at some point, I did. Yeah, yeah. So I wrote it down. Isn't, it is kind of funny, actually. Every team's got their freak. That one player where yep. the rest of the team just goes, "He's a fucking loose cannon." This yeah. You know, who would you say like Dustin Martin for Richmond? Yep. He's the one where you just... If you hear Richmond player has done stupid shit, you're just like, fucking Dusty. Dusty. What have you done today? <laughs> Who are they going to blame it on this time? Fuck. <laughs> we're, we're running out of full guys. Who would you say it is for Hawthorne? Well, Brian Lake's the weird one. Yeah, that's where, true. Um, he's just... Just marches to the beat of a different drummer. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, on the weird side or the, the psycho side, we haven't really got the psychos anymore. I mean, Campbell Brown used to be a good one for a story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got more psycho after he left. Just as we well, his dumb he's... shit on the field. Well, he used to belt Essendon players when he played for us. And then when he went well, to the Gold true. Coast, he belted his own players. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah, it's good to see he matured. <laughs> well, who's it in North? Probably a couple. I mean, Grimer's a weird motherfucker. but he, um, He's hilarious, Grimer. He is. He, he does give a shit. He, he's great when he's on the radio it's funny how some people have a media persona and they sort of oh one week at a time oh they were a good team they got better on the day or we managed to get a bit lucky or whatever he just tells it like he feels he's like oh fuck I was shit (laughs) he's good there's not many like that like Nick Maxwell's another good one although he's not playing anymore Mm. Um, but yeah Grime is always good it's good when they you know go outside the media training and just talk like a person yeah the other other one's (laughs) probably Brent Harvey because he's approaching 400 games now he's like I can do what the fuck I want <laughs> it'd be kind of funny to be either him or uh, Dustin Fletcher running around and anyone tells you to do anything like even people on the on the boundary you'd be kind of like bloke I've been doing this longer than you've been alive <laughs> have you chill the fuck out let me play my game because what do you tell a bloke that's played, played 400 games you know he's in the peerage of him Michael Tuck and uh, fucking Kevin Bartlett Kevin Bartlett there's nothing nothing you can tell him he hasn't heard already 
He's had over 400 pregame speeches. Yeah. And Things he hasn't heard already. Um, Brent, I think you're too tall for this ride. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's heard that before. Um, gee, Brent, you were generous with your money on that. <laughs> I've, I've heard he's a little bit... Um, yeah, he, he likes it where it is, the money. Uh, well, that's the funny thing. He wouldn't be short of a dollar, but uh, he wouldn't be... Uh, he does have a reputation of not handing them out willy-nilly. Um, I will tell you one... I was working at um, Coles and we had an, an AFL sponsorship going on and it was um, Ian McLeod was the boss of Coles at the time and he was a board member at St Kilda. Yeah. I'm not sure if he still is but he was at the time. Um, so the week of the grand final St Kilda playing in the grand final so he's all um, up and about and um, we had a massive um, meeting at Coles head office which is about 3,000 people and they had oh, about 10 AFL players, current and former, yeah. um, there for the day. And Billy Brownless was there in a um, skin-tight suit for fucking knows whatever reason. And um, Richo was there, signing uh-huh. autographs, and Brent Harvey, and, and you know a dozen other players that I can't remember. And then after they've done um, Billy's handball competition, um, oh, yeah. so somebody can win a hamper. Um, <laughs> From Ian, Coles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Ian McLeod does the um, the monthly financials and everything, you know, where this this much in, you know um, yeah. dollars up on store and store, and slowly one by one you see the AFL players like, oh yeah, yeah, I've got I've got somewhere to be, and they <laughs> sneak off because they're sitting in the crowd now. Yeah, and I reckon you know this financial talk goes for nearly an hour. And Brent Harvey didn't move. <laughs> He's sitting there. He looked like he was hanging on to every word. Not to, he wasn't being polite, but I, I'm looking at him going. Either you are one of the most polite motherfuckers there is, <laughs> yeah. or you've got a lot of West Farmer stock. <laughs> yeah. You're making sure right yeah. now. And I reckon it was... There's a chance the, for some inside trading here. I reckon that's exactly what it was. He was looking after every dollar he had. <laughs> or he's like, you know what? I could probably have my own supermarket. <laughs> I'm going to have that crack. He, he could not, because he couldn't reach the third <laughs> shelf. <laughs> How's he going to do night feel? Everything's going to be tiny. <laughs> <laughs> the midget store. Oh, that'd be hilarious, <laughs> Are you sick of losing your partner in the supermarket? You can just stare right across the top of the aisles. You'll only have those kids' trolleys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the ones with the flag. It'd be funny as hell. You get in there, it's Minimart. You go in, holy fuck. <laughs> you got a duck there. <laughs> they, they only sell fun-sized Mars bars. No regular-sized ones. It's like, is it being John Malkovich where they've got the 13th and a half floor? Yeah. Where it's all, yeah. You got a duck down. Yeah, that'll be um, Brent Harvey's little Minimart. I tell you what, if he comes out once he retires with that, I'm going to take credit. Credit? I'm going to take 10%. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to get it past him. I've got to say, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, we'll call that episode 13. Yep. We're done. All right, cool. see you later. Thanks, all right, mate. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.